Hello, and welcome to Health Savings News, the podcast about healthcare costs in America and how to save money on the often expensive care all kinds of people need. I'm your host, Evan O'Connor, joined by retired doctors Rich Sagel and Mike Woods. How are you guys doing today? Good. Doing well. Good to hear. Each episode, we discuss healthcare costs in America, offer tips for saving money, and relevant news that affects and reflects the expensive landscape of healthcare in America. This week's topic is end-of-life planning. We want to give a content warning for this topic, as we'll be talking about death, financial consequences, and sensitive health subjects that may be upsetting to some listeners. We encourage everyone listening to make individual and healthy decisions about how and if you should consume this podcast. End-of-life planning is the process of making decisions and getting affairs in order in preparation for when you or a loved one passes away. This includes important decisions about property, health care, finances, and more. These tasks can be emotional and laborious, but the consequences of not having plans in place can lead to unwanted medical care, lack of control over who receives your property after you die, or even your final resting place. As mentioned in previous episodes, NeedyMeds has a website that serves as a comprehensive resource for the end-of-life planning called Plan for Passing On. Our very own Mike Woods did all the research necessary for putting this project together. This will be different from some of the other podcasts we've done in the past, where Rich will be asking Mike questions about his process of putting the project together and how it can be useful to people in need. So let me start with what is the Plan for Passing On website? Well, it's a site that's primarily there to help uh, people plan for the ultimate fate of death. It is both for uh, individuals and loved ones who may be dealing with your passing on or the uh, process uh, that occurs after your death. Guys, the visit is through options for the many decisions uh, that are needed to make around this difficult time. And it makes people aware of all the necessities of the end-of-life planning. I was was surprised to find that uh, how many of them are necessary. And it is a very, very complex and detailed situation that this website uh, helps us to sort out. One thing this website is not for is I am not a professional in any means in terms of legal, financial, or other type of advice. So this information is all intended for knowledge only and not to be construed as any sort of advice uh, specifically from me or anyone else contributing to the website. Thanks, Mike. I will in turn ask a question. Okay. Since it wasn't my idea to do the website, it was actually Rich's. So I would like Rich to explain uh, the process of how uh, this uh, site came to be. I came across a website that talked about viatical settlements. It's something that I'd never heard about, did a little reading, and thought this is something other people needed to know about. I discussed it with Mike, who picked up the mantle and ran with it, and then we ended up with a very extensive and comprehensive website, which Mike is the master of. Yeah, viatical sediments turn out to be just turning in your life insurance policies to particular companies who will give you back a portion of that money that you can use if you're in an end-of-life situation. So that's how uh, the concept of viatical sediments, which is essentially an end-of-life decision, evolved into this huge project to cover basically all of the aspects of end-of-life decisions that we could think of uh, talking about. Now we've talked a little bit about this already, but what do you feel makes this site unique? Well. Having done the research, uh, I realized that there's a ton of information out there 
uh, on uh, end-of-life decisions and other things for planning for your passing on, but it is so scattered and it took me two or three years to take all the various sources of information and put it together in one, one location. So this site now contains the whole, whole gamut of decision-making processes and uh, options available to you from financial to emotional to practical steps to take all in one place. And on the plus side, this is a free website and we're really not trying to sell you anything. It's just yours to use and no strings attached. Now I haven't mentioned who the website was for, but can we go over that again? Sure. Uh, basically, the website is for anyone. Majority of the website is devoted to what to do prior to death when planning for passing on. So basically, any adult will find most of the information in this website helpful. Uh, it's especially helpful for uh, those who are dealing with a chronic or terminal illness because there are some sections that specifically deal with people who are actually going to experience an imminent death. Uh, it's also for uh, family members. One of the things that's very important that I encourage throughout the site is for families to work together on looking at all this information and making these decisions so that when the time comes, everybody's pretty much on the same page and, and a lot of the turmoil that can be associated with uh, end of life situations can be avoided. Uh, after death, there's an entire section that's on, devoted to everything that a loved one needs who have just experienced someone's death, whether it's dealing with it emotionally or a checklist of all the little things that need to be done after somebody has died. Now, you have a lot of material in this site. What do you do to ensure accuracy and keeping it current? Yeah, again, I want to stress the fact that uh, I'm a physician and not an expert in any of these other areas that we talk about. So it really comes down to a careful choice of references. Basically, I looked for sites that were created by professional organizations, government websites, or any other credible organization with a good reputation. Uh, for instance, a lot of the information is from uh, medical specialties sites like the American Cancer Society, which deals a lot with the issue of, of passing on and other associations associated with uh, chronic illnesses like ALS and other diseases like that that frequently result in early deaths. When you get down to the article itself, you want to make sure that the article is either written or, or reviewed by an expert in that field, uh, which I made great pains to try to do. I used many articles for each of the topics uh, and made sure that there was a general agreement uh, between the articles on the information that they were presented. It became very difficult that when there was some disagreement and you had to go and look into a lot more references before you could finally get a consensus opinion in enough detail to be able to present it on the site. Uh, in some cases, if I couldn't resolve any differences, we just didn't talk about it on the website. I also uh, review the sites every year. So I go through all of the references, read through all of the, the sections, make any corrections that were missed the first time around, uh, any updates that have occurred since the previous year, and make sure that all of the references either stay um, updated, which a lot of websites do do, 
or if the websites or information is getting too old, I replace it with more recent information. Uh, and finally, I try to keep track of uh, some websites that uh, talk about these issues. And if I come across articles that talk about issues that we cover in the site, uh, I will add them to the website. For instance, I got some information recently on how to uh, deal with pets of somebody that has died and uh, I added that to the site and I will continue to do that with every things that I come across or other people refer to me. Like many of the projects we have here at Needy Meds, it's a compilation of existing information. We just bring it all to you in one place. Exactly. And we also depend upon people who use our site. If you, in reading the sections of the site, find something that was omitted, you can let us know. And Evan, what's the best email address to use for that? You can send corrections or other things we missed to info at needymeds.org. Now, Mike, what do you think is the most important section if someone's only going to read one part of the website? Well, given my uh, perspective as a physician, uh, the section that I think is most important for people is the respecting your wishes section. Uh, this really discusses uh, all of the um, things you need to know about uh, making and communicating and assuring that any choices that you've made about your own death will be made by others if you are unable to about the time of your death. So there are many things that are important for you to think about uh, before you die. And one of them is what happens if I can no longer make decisions? The most important thing in that context is what's called a healthcare proxy or healthcare power of attorney, who is someone you trust uh, to make those decisions that you have decided on uh, if you are no longer able to. Uh, you can also create documents that will also state some of these preferences. The most important ones are called the advanced care directives. Uh, they're composed of uh, three different things. One is a living will. Uh, a living will basically summarizes your feelings about uh, advanced care, uh, such as life support, uh, etc., that you may or may not want. For instance, uh, a lot of people insist that they don't want to be intubated. That would be something that would be included in a living will. Uh, other people will also don't want to use particular resuscitative medications, don't want to go on dialysis, uh, or other things like that. So a living will is your means of expressing all of these end-of-life care decisions uh, that you would either want or not want to have when that situation comes around. Uh, two specific documents are the uh, Do Not Resuscitate, uh, this is a document that tells specifically what you want to do if you, your heart stops and you stop breathing. In most cases, if a person has a cardiorespiratory arrest in a non-hospital situation, CPR or anything that an emergency medical technician can do is basically not going to work. Uh, even in hospital situations, the type of resuscitation that you would think of, which is intubation and chest compressions, uh, really don't work for most people. So it's very important for you to think about what your preferences are for that. The other is called a Physician Orders for Life-Sustaining Treatment. 
Unlike a living will, this is a document that is written by your physician and is are actually legal orders of what sort of medical treatments you do or do not want at the time uh, of death or uh, at a time where you are no longer able to make those decisions. Being a legal document, it can go anywhere with you. It can even uh, go with you into the hospital uh, and be put in your hospital orders so that the staff knows how to deal with different situations. In your home, uh, if, you, if you want to make sure that EMTs who come and respond to your death know what not to do, both a DNR order and a uh, physician's order for life-standing treatment should be posted on bright paper in a clear location in your house, um, usually on a refrigerator. The Physicians for Life-Standing Treatment is called different things in different states, so uh, you will need to look up uh, your state's name for that particular program. And finally, the thing, another thing to plan ahead is a lot of people have very specific feelings about what they want for their funeral, their memorial mass, and how they want their remains disposed of. So these are very good issues to, again, think and plan ahead so that others know what to do one time, once this happens. I want to emphasize that it's important to make sure anyone who might be involved in your final care or have a stake in things after you're gone be made aware of all the things that Mike just discussed. Yes, and that, and that's one of the reasons why I, I emphasize that they should be discussed together so that anyone who is made aware of this stuff, uh, they... they I don't know if the right word is convince them, but they, they basically uh, have agreed that they will follow your directions. Most physicians have had the experience of a well-planned end of life and then a relative or offspring from away comes into town and wants everything done. And that makes it very difficult. And that's why it's important, as Mike said, to have everyone become aware of what your wishes are. Yep. And, and as best as possible, agree to the terms that you are putting down. Right. Moving on, what are some other important sections of this website? Well, one of the, the things that, that most people think about, but a surprisingly high percentage of them don't, is a last will and testament. Everybody, you know, has an idea of what they want to happen to their estate, their properties, their gadgets, you know, their, their trinkets and whatever, but most people don't get around to doing it. Now, what happens if you don't do that is that the probate court in your local region takes over control of the uh, disposition of your estate. So it is extremely important that if you do nothing else, look at the last will and testament section and make it a major part of your planning for the end of your life. You really want everything to go according to your wishes. There's uh, another section that's actually helpful for both families and uh, individuals. It's called easing your passage. Uh, dying is, um, obviously it's inevitable, uh, but it doesn't have to be as stressful a process as most people think about. There are a lot of 
ways to make an end of life easy, easier, both uh, through emotional support uh, and through medical support, such as you would see through organizations like hospice that make the end of life process a more dignified process than might otherwise happen if for say, like we talked about before, you know, you don't have a, a DNR or physician's orders to not start particular life support. So it's a very undignified thing for those things to happen when you really don't want them to. So uh, that's what hospice helps you do is it guides you away from uh, treatments that no longer be may no longer be working or causing too many side side effects or pain or debilitation or whatever and and guides you to uh, more to, to, to more care that's more comfortable and gives you a more dignified death. Um, there's a, a large section we talked about briefly is called information for hand, for families and it really uh, goes into the details about how to deal with a loved one uh, when they are dying both emotionally and physically. There's a section on dealing with your own emotions, such as grief, anger, uh, that you will see uh, after a loved one has died. Uh, and finally, there's a section that really is all the minute details uh, that need to be done after a person has died, and I've broken it down into sections of things that you need to do immediately, things that need to be done within a few days, and then things that can be put off for a little while longer. One of the things that is, your questions that a lot of people have uh, are, a lot of older folks are on multiple medications, and it's hard to know what to do with the medication, so there's an entire section on dealing with uh, unused medication. Uh, in this time, uh, everybody's life is online, uh, and there's a whole host of digital things to deal with, whether it be closing down email accounts, radio accounts, uh, TV subscriptions, etc. So there's an, a huge section on uh, the digital world that tells you how to uh, terminate uh, contracts with uh, television, sports networks, uh, magazines, etc. That's worth uh, looking. Um, there's also a large section on uh, financing. Uh, two of the sections, annuities and IRAs, are, are really just a condensed version of retirement planning. And again, that's useful for uh, anyone, pretty much at any age, to plan for retirement. However, in that section is also a specific section called managing finances with a terminal illness. Uh, there's just a lot of decisions that need to be made that, that you can do to reduce costs uh, and manage money when you are dying. A lot of it depends on how much life expectancy you have, uh, obviously your own personal finances, and other preferences that you may have toward the end of life. Uh, and that's where the viatical settlement first contributed to that, because one of the financial management you might want to do at the end of life is to turn in your life insurance policy, to get your viatical settlement and use it for uh, something that will enrich your life or make you happy. Although it can also be used to pay for medical bills uh, if necessary. Are there significant consequences of not following some of these steps that you just described? Yeah, uh, Evan mentioned a couple of them. You know, one is, uh, and we've talked about it, uh, you know, without all the things, you, you end up with a lot of unnecessary end-of-life care. 
Uh, we talked about dying without a will where your entire estate is left up to uh, a decision uh, to be made by a local court. Most of the time those decisions that are made would have been the ones you would have made anyway, but each state is slightly different as far as how your estate is broken up in terms of your wife, your, your children, your parents, your siblings. Each state has their own way of doing it. Uh, the uh, section on um, interstate succession, which is a, a legal term for dying without a will, will give you all the details of uh, what potentially uh, will happen if you die without a will. One of the common uh, problems with end-of-life issues is that a significant percentage of people and families who are experiencing an end-of-life situation go into debt, in some cases really deep debt. So some of the sections we have uh, will we'll discuss uh, ways of, again, cutting back on some of the costs, how to cut costs for funerals, uh, how to cut costs for uh, end-of-life medical care, um, other some ways to uh, decrease the risk of, of debt, um, and even ways of cutting down on how many how many taxes uh, you have to pay the government uh, for for your estate when you die. I want to add one important decision that's a, probably one of the most difficult that people have to make is if you have minor children and something happens to both parents, who do you want to be responsible for the children and raising them? There is no one right answer, of course, but it's something that needs to be discussed and documented so people know. Yeah, there's a, there is a whole section in the website under the estate basics uh, called beneficiaries, and it really goes into some of the details of, uh, you know, what happens uh, if you don't choose beneficiaries or, you know, what actually beneficiaries are or how to use your estate planning to benefit your beneficiaries. There's also a in section on inheritance law that also goes into uh, some of the things that may happen if you don't make plans for m minor children and how, how the uh, again, the probate court will step in and make those kind of decisions. So uh, as Rich said, you know, when you have minor children, yes, it adds a, a whole level of complexity to your estate plan, and it's not anything that you want the probate court to be involved in. So I very much recommend uh, looking through the site and making sure that you uh, do what's appropriate to make sure that the minor children are taken care of if both of the parents die. A couple of other minor points, maybe not so minor, is once you've made the decision, you want to try to make sure that no testing is done where you're not going to use the results. As a personal example, when my mother was in a nursing home and declining fast, they took her blood pressure, which was low, and it's called the doctor on call, and she was rushed to the emergency room for evaluation. She was a DNR. There was no reason for her to go to the hospital, and we, I had to argue with the staff, and finally we came to a compromise where they were just not going to take her vital signs any longer because we were not going to do anything. But these are the sorts of issues that you need to consider, and it may become very difficult if the loved one is in a care facility. Right, which folds back into my previous statement about how uh, the debt associated with dying can get out of hand um, if things are not 
done properly or DNR orders are ignored or people aren't aware of what your decisions or choices are ahead of time. I just want to stress that actually one of the biggest sections or maybe the biggest section uh, in the website is called estate planning. It's only slightly associated with uh, the whole plan for passing on, but it is an extremely important part of everybody's um, planning, both uh, when they are younger as well as approaching the end of their life to make sure that their uh, estate ends up exactly where you want it to be uh, in an effective and cost-effective way. Again, uh, there are plenty of experts that can help you with that. And uh, again, I encourage you to read the section um, and use the uh, appropriate professional uh, to make th these details. Just want to say one thing is there's a section on trusts. Uh, my initial uh, thought when I started doing this website is trusts are only for the very wealthy. And it turns out that that's not really true. Uh, even those of us with uh, modest incomes uh, or um, savings can benefit from trusts. Um, so again, a very important section to look over and not to be ignored even if you have a modest income or savings. You've covered a lot of information, Mike. Where can people find more details? Basically, you can... Obviously, the, the website goes into much more detail than uh, we've presented here. Um, however, I've uh, had listed resources or uh, ways of uh, finding additional uh, details. Uh, one of the most important things is you'll notice that each of the, re the uh, reference lists are quite long. Uh, when you use a, a reference uh, for a site like this, you obviously can't take out all of the details in that reference. So in a lot of cases, if you look through the reference list, you can find some of the articles that are very detailed. And if you're interested in pursuing uh, that either level of detail on that particular subject or just uh, for additional knowledge, that's a good place to look. There's also uh, links within the website. Anytime you see uh, blue highlighted, there's a link either to a particular section in Plan for Passing On that has more detail about that particular subject or what's called an outlink, which will link you to additional information if I felt that it was too detailed to go into within the site, but it gives you the opportunity to link out. Uh, and in a lot of cases, when you're reading a website like this, you come across terms um, and uh, concepts that you really aren't familiar with. So in a lot of cases where I came across those types of situations, I created a link to either a, uh, either a dictionary, law dictionary uh, website or other article that will describe uh, that concept or that uh, term in detail so that you understand how it fits in the context of the of the the website and finally uh, a lot of sections have resource lists these are are there for two specific reasons one uh, there are uh, links to additional information most of them are pamphlets published by uh, certain societies where you can download a pdf and others are just practical um, information on how to do things so for instance uh, you might want to 
look up you know the local funeral sites there's there's a website in that section there's a resource or a couple of resources in that section that will allow you to do that um, and these sort of resource lists are scattered throughout the, the site and are very useful well I think that wraps it up Mike um, I have a couple of questions maybe Evan's the best one to answer these how can listeners learn of new information we've added to the website if you want to be notified when information is updated, you can sign up for Plan for Passing On emails from the bottom of the Plan for Passing On website at planforpassingon.org. The last segment of each episode, we suggest some of the culture, art, entertainment, and social causes we've been engaged with to each other and our listeners. Um, this was a pretty heavy episode, so I'm going to suggest a podcast called Sawbones a marital tour of misguided medicine hosted by Dr. Sidney McElroy and her husband, Justin McElroy. Most people listening to podcasts are probably familiar with some of the McElroy shows in Sawbones. Each episode, Sidney discusses an element of historical medical practice, generally the weird, dumb and wrong ways people have tried to fix one another while Justin provides a comedic foil. They've had a lot of really great episodes about historical anachronisms and also important things like abortion. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Health Savings News. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to the show. It really does help. You can follow at NeedyMeds on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, YouTube, Mastodon. You can follow at HealthSavingPod on Twitter for as long as Twitter stays around. For updates specific for this podcast, and send questions, comments, and topic suggestions to podcast at NeedyMeds.org. Our music is composed by Samuel Rulon Miller. His music can be found at musicisadirtyword.bandcamp.com. The Health Savings News Podcast is produced by me, Evan O'Connor. All of our sources we used in our research can be found in this episode's podcast description on our website or your podcast app of choice. Health Savings News is not intended to substitute for professional, medical, financial, or legal advice. Always seek the advice from a qualified healthcare provider or appropriate professional with any questions. Views expressed in Health Savings News are solely those of the individual expressing them. Any views expressed do not necessarily represent the views of Health Savings News, other contributors, media meds, organizations, or staff. Thanks again for listening. See you in two weeks with our next episode. Do you need help affording your prescription medications? Are you a patient advocate or healthcare provider who wants to help your patients afford their healthcare? NeedyMeds is a nonprofit information resource that connects people to programs that will help them afford their medications and other healthcare costs. Our mission is to educate and empower those seeking affordable health care with a vision of affordable health care for all. We achieve our mission by providing databases of information on patient assistance programs that provide medications at low or no cost for those that qualify, coupons and rebates for prescription and over-the-counter medications, free, low-cost, and sliding-scale clinics searchable by zip code, recreational camps and retreats, as well as academic scholarships for people of all ages affected by chronic health conditions. Nonprofit and state-sponsored programs that provide various forms of direct assistance to patients based on diagnosis, including financial assistance, testing and screenings, assistive technology, durable medical equipment, home or vehicle modifications, travel expenses, lodging, delivered meals or access to a food pantry, home care, child care, service animals, 
animal-assisted therapy, clothing, wigs, scarves, and much more. NeedyMeds also offers a free drug discount card that can be used at over 65,000 participating pharmacies in the United States to save up to 80% on the cash price of your prescriptions. There's no registration or activation, never any personal information is collected, and no restrictions on income or immigration status. The NeedyMeds drug discount card is available as a physical card, a printable version, and a smartphone app. All of our information and the NeedyMeds drug discount card is available for free at NeedyMeds.org or through our toll-free helpline at 1-800-503-6897. Open Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Eastern Time. NeedyMeds has been helping patients access and afford their health care for over 20 years. Find assistance for yourself, a patient, or a loved one at NeedyMeds.org or toll-free at one 800 503 6897. NeedyMeds is a 501c3 national nonprofit organization. You can find our financial information as well as donate to our ongoing work at NeedyMeds.org.